ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I get to have my husband on today's episode with me, Simeon. Thank you for joining me once again. I didn't exactly have a choice, so. <laughs> well, I hear from <laughs> listeners all the time when they're like, we really love the episodes when your husband joins you, so you must just have better things to say than I do. <laughs> I definitely don't think that's it. Well, there are some things that I just, I love having him on to speak with me and giving you kind of the man and woman's angle as the Lord is doing different things in our home. That being said, he has joined me kind of periodically in the past, but we really have a list of probably 10 or 12 topics that are on our hearts that we want to cover that people have asked us to cover. Um, so we're going to try to work through those. Um, you know, I'm not going to commit to like once a month or anything like that, but as it fits in with all of my planning and episodes and all of that, I plan to get him on here a little more often than he has been in the past um, because he's such an encouragement to me, and I know he'll also be an encouragement to the rest of my listeners. But before we jump in, a couple things that I wanted to address. First of all, as far as No Higher Calling news, we've had some huge releases come in the past month. Like it has been a whirlwind of a month. It wasn't all supposed to hit in like March, April, but that's how the Lord's timing worked out. His timing's perfect. And I'm just glad that it all hit before baby comes in May. Um, but I released my new book, Great Hymns for Growing Hearts. Um, my first published book that has been on pre-order. Um, it's available now. And so that would be a huge huge blessing in your homes. You can find out more about that on my website, nohighercalling.org. Um, my publisher and dear friend, Casey Raver with New Mercies Music, helped me on portions of that, and she is releasing a CD that goes along with that book. So it was my, my big vision for that book is as you're learning these songs, as you're learning these hymns, and just pouring over the truth in them in your home, my like highest goal was to have a CD, an instrumental piano CD that you could have playing in the background of your home to couple with this hymn study so that as you're doing dishes and your kids are playing or doing homework, they're hearing these songs, they're having that truth be reaffirmed in their heart. So that's an exciting resource. You can find that on newmercysmusic.com. Um, on the No Higher Calling store, I have my head-to-toe prayer journal booklet. That has been such a blessing in my own motherhood journey, um, and it's such a special keepsake that you can record prayers for your kids as you pray for them really from head to toe. Pray for their minds, pray for their hearts, pray for their eyes. Satan is after our children, and he loves to enter through those different gates. So we as mamas need to pray a hedge about our children. I give different prayer prompts from Scripture and then a place where you can journal your specific prayers for your child. So that's on the No Higher Calling store. Um, the newest release are the Scripture Promise Cards for Labor and Birth. So I'm about to have a baby. Birth affirmations are a huge thing in the birthing community. And as I got to looking at these, I realized, wow, they are 
empty and full of self. And I don't know about you ladies, but me, myself, I do not have what it takes to birth a baby. I need the Lord's strength. And there's something so unique about birth that I've experienced through my births, but especially in my last birth with Ivy, as it was a little bit different, my first natural birth and a home birth, I got to experience God in a whole new way as I was in a very vulnerable state and I just leaned on his strength. I got to know his character in a deeper way. So it was really through that through what God did in her birth and then preparing for this baby's birth, whatever it looks like, trying to anchor scripture and truth about God in my heart that will encourage me through birth. Um, God led me to put together these scripture cards. So these are great to have um, hanging up, you know, to, to read through, to meditate on and to pray through as you're preparing for birth. And then even as you are birthing, to have these reminders there, um, have your husband with them to be like, hey, you need to jog my memory of these things that I've stored up. So all of that that is in the No Higher Calling store. I wanted all of that out before Mother's Day because so many of these things make wonderful gifts for Mother's Day. So whether you ask for it for yourself or whether you buy it for a mom or a sister or a friend or ladies at church, um, you know, I have people that are wanting some of these resources for new mom's baskets at their church or baby shower gifts. Or it's really, it's just endless, the possibilities that these could be a blessing because they're all just rooted in the truth of scripture as God has burdened my heart about doing all I can to get the truth of scripture into women's hearts and homes. These are some opportunities that God has given. So check all of that out on nohighercalling.org. Lots of things going on in the store and over there. Simeon has been very busy as well. I want to give him an opportunity to give a little plug for something that he's been working on that you might find interesting, your husband's, especially if you have some older kids. Um, we've heard from several families with teenagers, and they have been so blessed by this new project that he's buried himself a mile deep in. <laughs> She's not kidding. It does. It is. It has buried me for sure. So I just recently started up a podcast. It is called Blue Collar Theology, and the idea is to teach systematic theology to the average ordinary person who may not necessarily have a Bible college background or really have been in church for very long, but even if you have been in church for a long time, it's just a way to teach systematic doctrine using everyday ordinary terms and uh, illustrations that anybody can understand, and so that we can mind the depths of God's Word together in such a way that you know it doesn't involve any of the big fancy words that you have to have a degree to understand. So um, just a quick kind of explanation for what I'm trying to accomplish. If you were to pick up the average theology book, um, much of what you would read would be large words that end in ology. And if you don't know the background of those words, you don't know what they are. And another thing that you would read would be words that are Latin. And um, if you're like me and you don't read or speak Latin, you're going to have a hard time with that. So what I'm attempting to do is digest all of that information, boil it down into 10-minute episodes so that you can listen to them whenever you have a convenient moment, and um, and bring and take in that systematic theology. So that's the project that I've been working on. And like she said, it is really for anybody. It's not for men or women or children. It's it's really for anybody, and I explain these these things in ways that even children can understand. Yeah, so it is really great. I'm just thinking like for me as a parent, it's great for the parent being in church all my life. These are things that like I I know, but I can't 
teach it well. You know, it's not logically laid out in my mind. Um, so it's great as a parent to listen to this. And again, he said it's a 10 minute once a week episode, very digestible. Um, so you can get that truth in your heart and then you can teach that, especially as your kids are a little bit older and you're really trying to lay some of these foundations of doctrinally, this is what we believe and this is why. Um, so you want to share your website and kind of how they can find that? Yeah. Again, if you are a podcast listener, which obviously you are, cause you're listening to this, um, anywhere that you are listening to podcasts, you can find it. It is blue dash collar theology. Blue collar is a word with a hyphen in the middle. So blue dash collar theology, um, or you can find it at blue dash collar theology.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. So you can find us there. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and transition into today's topic that we want to cover. And if you saw the title of today's episode, it is Because He Lives. So I've been sharing just bits and pieces throughout this podcast, throughout social media, really throughout glimpses into my life of how music has had such a powerful impact on my heart and my walk with the Lord. Um, And I, I think Simeon could echo that in his own life individually and within our home. There are times where our home just needs an attitude adjustment. You know, everybody's got a home that's like that. And um, that attitude adjustment often comes in the form of one one of us or both of us looking at each other and going, we need to change something and turning on some music, even if it's just music without lyrics, you know, to change the attitude and the mood of the home, if for nothing else. Music really sets the tone of the atmosphere of the home. Um, you know, whether, whatever music you choose, it it sets a tone. You know, if you have upbeat, lively music, you're going to have upbeat, lively, peppy heart and, and body. And, you know, it, all of that follows. Um, and we've just really seen that in such a real way in our own lives. And honestly, I have future plans of doing a whole episode on the importance of, and the impact that really music has setting the tone of the home. That is not the goal of today's episode, but I wanted to lay that foundation as we launch into this podcast episode that is named after a hymn specifically. And here we are going into April, just a few weeks away from Easter. And I know Because He Lives is a song that tends to kind of resurface itself um, at Easter time. And then you often don't hear it much of the year. But this is one that God has really used in Simeon's life, but through Simeon, God has ministered to my heart with the truths of this song multiple occasions, really over the past year or so. Um, and recently, it was, it was again, brought back to our minds and our hearts, and I thought, you've got to come on, and you've got to challenge my listeners with what God is showing you through the words of these hymns, and, and really as the hymn directs our hearts to the truths of Scripture. I shouldn't say whenever I was first introduced to this hymn because I've heard this hymn for most of my life. Um, But whenever this hymn really first became real to me, I was actually at a prayer meeting in New Hampshire and uh, with a bunch of guys that I'd never met before. So that was really interesting. For whatever reason, my wife agreed to let me go on an airplane by myself and meet a bunch of people I'd never seen or talked to before because they were meeting up to pray. And the funny thing was, is they were praying for church planting in New England, which is not something that's necessarily a burden on my heart directly. 
prayer list of things right. that I needed him yeah. to beseech God for. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anywho, I, I, I got all the way there and um, really the Lord knit my heart with these guys, but we would sing a few hymns and then we would pray together and we would pray separately and then we would sing some more and we would pray together and we'd pray separately. And, um, and it was really, it was really just a blessing. But one of the songs we sang was this song and the first verse is something that you might find in, uh, you know, a thousand other hymns that talks about how God, um, through Jesus Christ, saved our soul, about how he lived and died for our sin, and then how he rose again. Um, and that last phrase is, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And that's that's an awesome verse in and of itself. Um, but really what struck me was in the second verse, I, w- I had been praying for the kids. I'd been praying for Brittany. There were some things specifically that we were trying to pray about. And that second verse in the day and age in which we live right now really rings true. And it's this, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he brings, but greater still the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives. And just that, that message that it doesn't matter what that child is going to face. It doesn't matter what my kids are going to face. They can face them not because of my excellent parenting skills or not because of anything that I am. Parenting skills. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, or anything that I could try to be or, you know, anything that they could become, but rather because Christ lives, they can do it. And, I, you know, I had spent that time alone praying for my kids, praying for my wife, praying for myself, you know, really beseeching God to help me to be a better parent. And then we sang that song, and really what it comes down to is, yes, I ought to do the very best that I can do to parent my children. I do everything I can to be the best dad I can be. But more importantly than that, when those babies were born, I gave them to Jesus. And the only way they are going to be able to live in this world that is obviously getting worse is because he lives and it is in his power that I can do anything that I do, but it is in his power that those children can be raised and can walk a a, a Christian walk, can live their days for Christ, not because of great parenting, but because he lives. Um, you know, there are some times where, you know, I mean, you have mom guilt, dad guilt, whatever you struggle with your failures, but those are still things that are somewhat within my control. You know, if I'm failing, it's something that I need to get right with the Lord that I need to work on that I need to pray through. But there's been this whole different level of parenting in the world today where circumstances from without, not from within, that are under my domain, under my jurisdiction, but circumstances from without, whether it be a worldwide pandemic or whether it be countries invading other countries and threats of war and economic spiraling or, you know, I mean, good grief, turn on the news and pick whatever you want. There's this level that I can't control any of that. Nothing that I can do can affect that. I can pray, and and prayer moves mountains, and I think all of us should be praying. But as far as in in my desire for control, in giving my kids the futures that I want for them, you know, so many things 
have heightened in the past few years that really, I mean, I've shared before on past episodes, when I first started this podcast, it was at a time in my life where I was really working through this. God gave me the truths that I shared in the episode, um, as thy day, so thy strength. God gave me the truths that I shared in the episode for such a time as this. And, and those messages continue working in our hearts through because he lives. You know, I, I don't know what the world is going to look like tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to look like in five years. I don't know what it's going to look like when my kids become adults. And I don't know what it's going to look like when my kids are parenting my grandchildren. But we have a confidence in God that is unshakable, that is unmovable, that we can stand victorious in no matter what calamity is crumbling around us. And, you know, Simeon and I, here we are, we're about to have a baby. Um, You know, and another time this song kind of resurfaced in our hearts was when we had our miscarriage last year. And, you know, there's, there's such a joy that comes when you find out that you're expecting a new life or when you hold that new life. And that's what the song talks about, that joy, such hope for the future. Um, And then it can be a real struggle as parents to have such hopes and dreams and desires for this little squirmy baby that you love more than anything. And then to realize that, you know what? God's best is best. My best doesn't even begin to compare. And though I can guide and I can lead and I can seek God's best and try to align my best to his best, his best is always going to supersede. And there is going to come a point where I will not understand that. I just have to rest in his sovereignty. This, I mean, if you think you understand what's going on in the world right now, then you need to book an appointment with the president of the United States and a few other people because I'm not sure he knows what's going well, on. Well, I'm just <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody has any clue what's going on right now. The world is a mess. And it's not gonna get any better. It's just a mess, you know? And even if things temporarily get better for a little while, they'll get bad again. It's the way the world is. We live in a fallen world and we can sit around and we can be bummed out about that. We can sit around and we can complain about the ridiculous gas prices and everything else that's going on right now. And we can do our best to be stewards of what God's given us and, you know, pick up a side job or whatever because we need to provide for our families and all of that's good. What we need to do, though, is place our confidence in the only one who can do anything about it. And I'm if you really, if you need a blessing, honestly, if you need a blessing, Crack open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses because, frankly, it's an encouragement to my soul. And in this passage, the Apostle Paul is making an argument to the Corinthian church against some people who did not believe in the resurrection. Um, And the Sadducees were famous for that. But these were Christian people that were within the church that were seeding this idea that the resurrection wasn't true, that Christ wasn't risen. And so obviously they weren't Christian people, but they were in the church. Um, So in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to start by reading verses 3 and 4 where it says, it gives us the gospel. So here's the gospel if you ever need to explain it to somebody. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. 
and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And he goes on to talk about lots of people that were witnesses, eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Christ. So he's making a physical argument. Then he makes a negative argument. Um, if you know anything about argumentation or debate, a negative argument is when you state what you're trying to say in the opposite. So in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, it says this, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. What he is making an argument for is that being a Christian would be absolutely miserable were it not for the promise of what is to come. All right? Now, let's juxtapose that against the chorus of this hymn. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. No other reason. There's no other reason why life would be worth living. Paul says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. In other words, if there was nothing else, if there's nothing after this, and we are spending our time being Christians now, we are the most miserable people on the earth. Christian people are the most miserable people alive were it not for what's to come. And the only reason that we can have joy, the only reason that we can live a victorious Christian life full of the joy of Christ is purely because he lives. At the end of this chapter, the very last verse, people read this verse, you might have this verse memorized, but in the context of this chapter, the entire chapter is about the resurrection of Christ. Okay, So, Keep that phrase, because he lives in your head, while I read 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Again, the opposite argument was made, that our labor is in vain, were it not for the resurrection of Christ, were it not for what the Lord wants to have done in this world and what he wants us to use it for. Our children, that that sweet baby that the verse was talking about, that it's sweet to hold that newborn baby, we would have no hope in that newborn baby were it not for Christ. I wouldn't want to bring kids into this world right now. And I've heard Christian people say things like that, like they don't, they don't want to bring children into this world. It's the wrong time to have a kid. That's nonsense. We have hope not because of what is good or bad about the world around us, but because of who Christ is, what he's done, and because he lives. Well, as Christian people, too, I feel like there's really no better time to be having children and intentionally raising them for Christ because we need that gospel presence. We need little soldiers who grow up to become strong warriors. And I know you mentioned how, you know, the world is spinning out of control and it's only going to get worse and worse. And that all is so true. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in the news and the bombardment of 24-7 current media that we might even say, oh, I know God's sovereign, he's victorious, he's ruler overall. But do we live that way? And that's really where my conviction comes. Even as I'm thinking about the words of this song, 
You know, am, am I living my life in confidence? Am I facing the days courageous and, and steadfast and ready to say, come what may? I can face uncertain days. My children will be able to face uncertain days because Christ lives. I've given them to him and I can trust him that he knows what he's doing in this world. He's not caught unawares at all that's going on. You know, Satan thinks that he is having his way and to a degree He does have control over this earth for a brief period of time, but we all know how it ends. God is sovereign. God is victorious, and and he is currently working in the affairs of men. And I feel like we've had little glimpses in our own life about some of, I mean, COVID, how God has used different things that came out of a very strange season that we would never have expected really to transform our lives and our homes. And all that to say, God is at work in this world, even though it may not feel like it is. And we need to align our perspectives with his word, be fellowshipping with his people and be filtering what we allow into our gates to influence us because what you allow to influence your mind and your heart is is going to determine your perspective and if you're listening and I'm assuming you're a mama it's going to influence how you parent your children and I don't want to parent my children in doom and gloom and dread and oh you know I don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow I have those feelings I don't know what's going to happen to them tomorrow I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow but I can face those days knowing that Christ lives and that we can stand victorious in him and I think I think some of us need to just turn off turn off the social media unfollow the news networks that you follow like I'm not saying that we need to be a bad steward or that we need to be ignorant and not know what's going on. But I, but I am saying that there needs to be a balance in the intake of what you're allowing into your home. We talked about being gatekeepers and safeguarding the home for your children's sake. But what about you? What about the things that you are allowing yourself to ingest? Um, I, I got to tell you, over the last several months, I have made a concerted effort to consume less news and media, which seems crazy considering what's going on in the world right now. Everybody wants to consume as much media and news as they can. But at the same time, you have to understand that all of that, Satan is using it because it's under his purview right now. He's using all of that to be a discouragement in your life. And so, if you're going to watch the news and you need to watch it to some extent, you need to know what's going on, but you also need to counterbalance that with the good things that Christ has given us in his word. Everything that we ingest affects us in some way. If you are just ingesting what's going on in the world around you, you are going to, by nature, infuse that into your home. Your children are going to pick up on that, that negative attitude about what's going on. And what's that going to do to them? Are they going to have the the kind of desire to get up in the morning and live for Christ and develop that Christian walk with Christ if you as their model Christian are running around defeated all the time? No, they're not. They're going to be defeated Christians too, or they're not going to be Christians at all. So we have to live the Christian life, living a victorious Christian life, 
for ourselves. And a lot of that has to do with what you allow into your own home for yourself, not just for your children. I'll just give a little bit of a personal testimony. I spoke to this just a little bit. Um, But if you're listening and you are struggling with just these feelings of what on earth and how on earth am I going to be a mom to my kids, be a Christ-like mom in my own life. About a year ago, I was there. I was spiraling. It was so much, you know, we've never lived in a time where we have had such access to current news, you know, and, and I've heard or global, other, global yeah, news. on a global scale, you know, and I've heard different people share how God, when God said to bear ye one another's burdens, that was really in the context of, of the local assembly of your church family. So yes, we are to bear the burdens of others. And, and oftentimes that extends beyond our church family into our community or, you know, into the world. There are things that touch our hearts and I'm thankful that God gives us a way that we can bring those things before his throne. But now, unlike any time in history, we have access to TV, internet, cell phones, where on a, I mean, instant basis, you can have an update on everywhere. And God never intended us for it, for us to shoulder the burden of billions of people. Um, and anyway, so that's where I was. I, I was allowing those influences. I, I was not guarding my gates. And it was keeping me in a state of, of panic, really panic in in my own life, panic in my motherhood, in my home. And I had to work on that. And just some practical things that I had to do. You know, Simeon has filtered his news a little bit, but he can handle things better than I can. He doesn't tend to read something and automatically worry about, you know, the the next five generations that are coming after us quite like I do. Um, So I have been able to tell him this is an area that I'm struggling. I want to be current. I want to know what's going on. I want to pray. And and I, you know, there is a level where we do need to prepare our children for the world that is reality for them. But I needed to somehow filter that. So I asked him, I said, can you be my filter? Tell me, you know, what the main bullet points are, but I'm not going to immerse myself in all of the discourse and chatter of every angle of everything. That has helped me so much. And then in just this practical way of constantly keeping Christ-honoring music playing in our homes, um, keeping, you know, the things that I read, the things that I listen to, whether it be audiobooks or podcasts, or keeping those things, things that encourage me, that keep my perspective focused on the Lord. And, you know, there was a time where it was such a struggle that, I mean, it pretty much was a constant. You know, even if I'm doing school with the kids or playing with them, we have music playing in the background. If I'm by my myself in the evening and I'm doing chores or I'm out on a walk, I have a podcast in that is encouraging me spiritually. And, you know, I've been able to not quite have it constantly. God has given me some victory in this area. I still have much growth to do in this, but it has helped me so much. And, you know, as a mom raising kids in this day and age, I had to realize I cannot 
cower in the corner in fear. That is going to do the exact opposite of what I need to do to prepare my children to be the warriors that they need to be in the reality of the world that they will face. They, more than anything else, need a dad and a mom who are going to stand strong and say, you know what? I'm not really sure what is going on, but we can trust a sovereign God and not just say it with our words, but live it in our lives. Live joyful. Live the abundant life that God wants for us. Live victorious. Live with this undercurrent of peace in our home and in our hearts that nothing can shake. Whatever storms and winds and hurricanes are hurling outside, Within the walls of our home, there is this peace. There is this abiding presence of Christ that supersedes everything else because what we know to be true about him. I think a lot of it, I mean, we're going to talk some about this, I think, in an upcoming episode as well. But a lot of it comes down to knowing what your responsibilities are. And I think a lot of the time, the things that we are worried about are not things that God intends for us to worry about because they don't have anything to do with anything that we have been given responsibility for. You know, I'm, I am not given responsibility for policy regarding war in Ukraine. Like that's not something that I'm, that I have any control over. It doesn't mean I shouldn't pray about it. It doesn't mean I shouldn't worry about it, but it's not something I have control over. So I shouldn't let it dominate the thoughts of my life. What I do have responsibility for and control for is my home. I have responsibility to protect and provide for my home. Um, Brittany, being the mother of this home, has responsibility for the protection and the provision of the children. And that's where I really had to have a wake-up call because worrying about things that I had zero control over was negatively affecting things that I did have control over. It comes down to prioritization, really. And I mean, a pastor friend that I follow... um, he had posted something on Twitter the other day that I can't remember exactly what he had said, but it was something to the effect of rather than reading the news, pray the news. And his point was that if you're going to read the news, use it as an opportunity to pray about stuff instead of just reading it and letting it run crazy in your brain. You're just giving these things over to the Lord. You're reading about what's going on in the world and you're saying, Lord, I can't do anything about this, but you can. And I thought that was a, that was a, that was a neat way to keep even the intake of what you have to do just to stay current, God-focused and Christ-centered. You know, I think the last thing that I will just challenge you with, again, if this is something that you're struggling with, is get to know the character of God. You know, again, we'll wrap it up with the chorus of, of the song that we're talking about, Because He Lives. I can face tomorrow because He lives. All fear is gone because I know He holds the future and life is worth the living just because He lives. Root your heart deep in who God is, and it will anchor your soul. It will give you strength. It will give you that undercurrent of peace and trust and rest in knowing. Again, like I said, whatever swirls around me, my bedrock foundation is Christ, and this is all that I know to be true about Him. And and that will pour out of you into into your home, into your marriage, into your children. You know, that study of Christ, of who he is, of who he, 
is as God, as King, as Lord, but who he is to me personally has so transformed my life that it has seeped in. I I can't really do anything without the character of God coming into it. I mean, my hymn book is rooted in the character of God and teaching the character of God to your children. My prayer book is rooted in who God is. My scripture cards on the backs, you have scripture on the front and on the back. It's this is who God is and this is who we can claim him to be and rest in his promises. So that has been what has helped my life as as I have worked through these things and as I have lived the promises in this song because he lives. And even more than that, not just in who God is, but also in who you are in him. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it just came to mind when you were talking. Paul writes, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So Paul is saying that the life that you are living isn't your life anyway, it's Christ's life. So we should have the same kind of hope that Christ had. You know what Christ did right before he went to the cross and bled and died for us? He sat and he ate and he drank with his friends. Like He wasn't running around moping, you know? He was still serving, still working, still pushing forward. And we can have that same kind of joy in our service, in our raising our families, because he lives and he lives in us. And so I, I think... Yes, the character of God, absolutely, but also not just who is Christ to me, but who is Christ in me, and what is that doing for me? Well, I hope this episode has encouraged you. God has really used these things in our hearts to transform our lives and our thinking and to keep us focused on Him in the midst of a lot of uncertainty, whether it is just in our lives day to day or as we try to parent a future generation and not knowing what the future will hold. Um, because he lives, we can face tomorrow and we can face it victorious in him. Sam, do you mind to close out this episode in prayer? Sure. Lord, we thank you for today. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to be alive at this time. And though it's a crazy time, um, I thank you that You've given us the opportunity to have an impact in the world as it is now. Um, and I know that our pastor often says that there is no better time to be serving Christ. And, you know, that it is it is true. It is true. And I thank you that you give us the opportunity to shine as lights in a very, very dark world. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to shine even the brighter, knowing that because you live, we can face all of the tomorrows that we have coming. We don't even know what that entails, um, but we know that you're strong enough to handle whatever it is. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us the courage and the fortitude to stand in this world that we are in and to raise our children for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.